Well, hey, everybody, welcome to our digital campus here at New Life Church. We're so glad you're on here with us today. Listen, we would love to get to know who you are behind that camera right now. We want to know who you are. We would love to do that. And we're doing a thing called Connect coming November 8th. Uh, where we get to know who you are, hear your story, learn more about who you guys are, and you can learn more about us at New Life Church and ask any question you want. So be on the lookout for that, and you can just text CONNECT to this number right here. Listen, we're about to go into a time of worship, but before we do that, come on, let's pray for today's service. God, I thank you so much for everybody that's watching right now. God, we need more of you in our lives. And I just pray right now as we go into worship, Lord, that we would focus in on you, God. Lord, whether we're in our living rooms or our cars or we're walking down the street, God, it doesn't matter. You're right there. And so I just pray, God, that you would just speak to us today and your spirit would move. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, new life. Let's worship today. Come on, it's the love of Christ that awakens the hearts of men. Let's worship Him. Come on. There were walls between us. By the cross you came and broke them down. You broke them down. There were chains around us. By your grace we are no longer bound. No longer bound. You call me out of the pain. You call me into the light. You call my name, and then my heart came alive. Your love is greater. Your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is
Hey, New Life Church. Hello, Arkansas. I'm so glad to be a part of this series, The Life of Christ, and I've been paying attention and trying to learn. Many of you have been right there and steady. If you haven't been faithful with us, it's not too late. You can jump in. But today, it's going to be a hard-hitting word because I've been thinking about this a lot, and I know that God wants me to think about this a lot, and He wants you to think about this a lot. But to be clear, I just got past COVID. About 21 days ago, I got hit with this thing. And man, my wife did too, but she's been asymptomatic. And some people just go through it without any problem, but not me. I'm a drama queen, man. Everything is bigger around me in every way, even with COVID. It's not like I had COVID. It's like COVID had me. And I didn't even know what to do. I was miserable. I had fever. I had a headache. I uh, could not get comfortable. I would stand outside for three minutes and then go in a front yard and stand for three minutes and then lay on the couch, sleep for 12 hours at night, an hour and a half later, wake up and I was tired. Fever and chills and miserable. Couldn't taste anything. Coffee wasn't good. The only thing that I could do to find rest was to think about Jesus and his name and how important his name is. You know, I couldn't even watch politics. It just felt so unclean and the news and everything, but getting into the word. So here's what I know. We can learn a lot about the life of Christ, but if we don't understand the honor in his name, it's not going to do us much good. So I want to talk about this. How can we know? At the end of this, I have Brandon singing a song that's going to help us all. It just says the words, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He's our master, our savior, the name above every other name. We have to remember this. So I'm trying my best to get this done in a few minutes that I'm going to have with you. Here's the first thing I want to look at. We must honor his name. We must honor his name. I remember my pastor, he said that one of the most handsome men in all of college had every girl going after him, but he ended up marrying this girl that, that looked a lot different than what a lot of people thought he would marry. Uh, she never wore makeup. She was bland in personality. She was just there. But this guy adored her. So he would always speak life to her, always brag about her. And through the years, 10-year anniversary, 20-year anniversary, 30-year, all going back, when they see this lady, she's just vibrant and full of life, mainly because of the words that her husband speaks over her. Okay, let me be clear. Jesus doesn't need you to do that because he's insecure. He wants you to do it because he knows what it can do for you. When you understand the power of respect for his name, it does something in your prayer life, it does something in your countenance, it makes you a better tool for the kingdom of God. And you don't look at things like an election with as much fear because what you really want to get right 
is your honor toward God. When I see a marriage, when someone honors one another, you can see how it changes everything. You can also see it in the workplace. and It reminds me of the importance of us getting this right with the name of God. I try very hard myself to honor Michelle with my words when she's with me and when she's not with me. Through the years, I've never even had anyone flirt with me. I think it has to do with how quick I just give her so much credit because I love her. This is what happens when you give honor to someone's name. People want to be honorable to that person as well. So let's talk about this. How do we get this done? First of all, we must keep his name holy. Jesus is real. Look at this in Philippians chapter 2. In verse 9, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name. Would you say that with me? The name above every name. One more time. The name above every name. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God's name is important to him. It matters to him, and it should be important to us. You know how a parent will anguish over what are they going to call their kid. My daughter Haley, it's her birthday this week, and she's pregnant with a girl, and she's thinking about it all the time. What am I going to name? What am I going to what am I going to name this child? A name is important to a parent. And the Father God, this name Jesus, it's important to him. And he wants us to know clearly that his name is holy. The angels in heaven, they don't stand before the throne saying, "Eternal! Eternal!" eternal, even though he is eternal. They don't stand in front of him saying, faithful, faithful, faithful. He is faithful. He's love too. They don't stand around saying, love, love, love. No. But they do stand around saying, holy, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Look, I'm going to tell you, this is going to happen to each one of us. We're going to get that revelation. But the Bible asks for us to understand this now. You can see it in the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. John the Beloved, he was at the transfiguration. What a big deal. Jesus one day said, hey, Peter, James, John, come with me. And they went on this mountaintop. It's not even named. And when they got there, Elisha and Moses was there. And man, what a moment. But even in all that, John the Beloved really never understood this power in the name of Jesus. So John the Beloved went through a lot in his life. He was the closest one to Jesus. He was with this powerful moment of the transfiguration. 
But then he ended up on the Isle of Patmos having an open vision of heaven and even an open vision of the Son of Man, the Son of God. And what happened to him, he was awestruck. He was, he was not just looking at the same Christ that he thought he knew. He had an open vision, an open revelation. He wasn't sure what he was seeing, uh, but he kept saying, I see someone like the Son of Man. And he just couldn't fathom what was happening. And look what he saw. He said he saw his eyes, and they were like a blazing fire. It says he saw his hair, and it was like shining wool. I saw his feet like a bronze glowing in a furnace. He was just trying to describe this. He said, I saw his voice and then heard his voice, and it was the sound of rushing water, and his face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. And I looked at his mouth, and it was a double-edged sword swinging around. He's just looking at this Jesus, and it says this. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. In fact, when I had COVID, I almost felt like I was dying. I think this is when I found this verse. It said, then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever and hold the keys of death and Hades. Look, Jesus, he loves to reveal who he is. He loves to put his hand on you. He doesn't want you to be afraid, but he demands that you know how powerful he is and that his name is powerful and the name above every other name. And so I want to reference that because he is not one of the gods. He is the God. There are no other gods. He's not one that just should be like lovable. No, he's holy and he's unmovable and his word is never changing. Do you know that about his name? Uh, there was a friend of mine who went to this play of the life of Christ in California. So it was just secular actors and one person obviously would be playing Jesus. Well, then Jesus went through the resurrection. And then when he did, they lifted him up, and it was like a moment. People were like, whoa. But one of the ropes broke, and Jesus started swinging at full speed toward a wall. And Jesus, in the middle of the play, started yelling, Jesus Christ! Christ, using GD and everything else. Everyone is laughing so hard, but I just want to tell you, we have a real Jesus, and his name wants to be honored. But you can find someone who's in the world who can dishonor his name, and that's not really what he's talking about. He's talking about people who are following after his life. You and me. So one of the things that I think is very important is that we don't manipulate others with his name. I remember one time someone really tried to manipulate me. This lady wanted her son to be able to play basketball, and we were done. I had the keys of the gym, and I had to leave. 
And so she was, she was irate that her son could not come in and play because we were done. And she had a bumper sticker with a Holy Spirit dove on it. And, uh, and I just made some flippant statement about it. And she looked at me and she said, oh, no. I said, what's wrong? She said, you just blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And I said, I did? What does that mean? She goes, oh, it's over for you. So what, what's over for me? She goes, it's the unpardonable sin. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how hard you try, you can never be forgiven. You just blaspheme the Holy Spirit. See you later, young man. And she just left. For years, I just felt like, man, I don't have a chance to be in a relationship with the Lord now. By the way, through the years, many have asked me, how do you know if you've blasphemed the Holy Spirit? Because there are ways to do so. But here's what I want to let you know. If you wonder if you have, then you have not. Because if you ever blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you no longer care. God can't reach you. You don't want him to. Your heart is calloused. But I do believe there's a certain amount of respect that we have to keep around his name. Just for reference, let's look at the Old Testament, the third commandment, Exodus 20, verse 7. You can see this. I love the Ten Commandments. I wish they were still in courtrooms to this day. I love the word. I hope you do too. It says, You shall not misuse, exploit the name of the Lord, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Sometimes it's hard to translate Hebrew into English, but this word literally means worth and value and to not let it be empty when you say it, that let there be power in it. It's not a frivolous or a flippant term when you're talking about the name of God. Uh, one person, uh, for example, who did not want me to move to Arkansas to plant a church, they wanted me to go to Florida. They were trying to manipulate me with this name that Jesus told me, you should never go. You're going to die if you go to Arkansas. You're going to miss God. It's going to be the worst day of your life. They were just using his name flippantly instead of out of respect. I see TV evangelists do this sometimes. You better give. God told me if you don't give money, he's going to come after you. You better fear the Lord. We're going to go under because of you. Look, if anybody ever tries to manipulate your will, your life, with the word of God, with the name of God, I think that's a great place to say pause. Uh, sometimes pastors will try to lead their church this way. I've been in staff meetings where a pastor will walk in and say, God told me this is what we're supposed to do. And then they will say, and what do you think about it? And everybody's like, well, we, we love God. I guess we have to do it. It's just too much authority with his name. That's not what he's asking for us to do, to use his name. It's to honor his name. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13 says, in fact, evil men and false teachers will become worse and worse, deceiving many. They themselves 
have been deceived by Satan. It's like forgery with his name for personal gain. So in one way we can misuse his name, though, is with profanity. And I just want to let you know that damn is not God's last name. Let me just be clear about that. But I think it's very important that you understand that when people swear, and it's habitual, sometimes they're doing it to try to impress someone else. Maybe they're not a wordsmith, and so they're weak in their words, so they're just trying to come up with something that makes it sound better. Maybe it's because of the lack of intellect or uh, the lack of an IQ or education. A three-year-old can swear. A parrot can swear. I remember reading about a farmer who's uh, late from getting home, and his wife says, why are you late? And he said, well, uh, the preacher was walking down the road, and so I picked up the preacher, and then I had to change the way that I was speaking, and the donkey didn't know what I was saying the whole time, so we were all over the place because he couldn't recognize my language. I mean, some of us, we've gotten into such a bad habit of swearing all the time that no one would even recognize us if we stopped that. I swear to God is something that a lot of people do. I swear to God. Be careful when you say that. Why do we do that, by the way? I swear to God usually means that you're not going to believe me unless I say that first. So I'm going to say it so you'll believe me. Where the scripture says, no, just tell the truth. This is what Jesus said in Matthew. He said, again, the law of Moses says, you shall not break your vows to God, but must fulfill them all. But I say, don't make any vows. Just say a simple, yes, I will. Or no, I won't. Your word is enough. To strengthen your promise with a vow shows that something is wrong. If you tell somebody you're going to do it, just do it. Don't try to conjure up God's name to help you. Just be a person who does it. We're a follower of Christ. Just do it. If you take a job, do that job the way you say you're going to do it and go the extra mile. If you say you're going to be there, then be there. If you say you're going to pay up, pay up. Get there early. Work hard. Be loyal. But don't use the name of God to excuse your work. I just didn't feel like it. The Lord didn't want me to go to work today. I just didn't feel led to do it. That's a misuse of the name of God. I think it's something that the Lord would want us to talk about. It's a vain, it's more of an empty, idle, frivolous way to use God's name. Look at this in Luke 6, 46. He said, why do you say, Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? To me, the hypocrisy in the church is much more harmful than profanity on TV or on an Instagram reel. I mean, if somebody is, has a joint in their hand and they are drinking a beer and they are cussing God or whatever they might be doing, it's nothing like someone who is a believer but willfully not doing what the Lord says. Yes, that's my boyfriend and we're sleeping together, but I at least love God. It's like a demeaning to the truth of his name. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 9. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
which our Father in heaven, hallowed be, means holy be our name. I love this in, in, in Uzziah, King Uzziah, he saw the Lord. The Bible says he, he saw the Lord. And while he's speaking to God and he's seeing cherubims and he's seeing powerful things happening, all of a sudden he realized, he goes, oh, no, I want to be used by you, but my lips are unclean. I somehow remember all the times that I, I abused your name or I was dishonoring toward you. And fortunately, the Lord went over and touched him and changed him and used him. So I don't care how many times you've made mistakes. You can go to the Lord and repent. And this is the correct way to use his name. So look at this verse in Mark chapter 8 and verse 27. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked them, he said, who do people say I am? Now, he's not being insecure like, people like me out there? Anybody like me over there? That's not what's happening. No, I've been around insecure people where they want to know, does so-and-so like me? And this is not what Jesus is up to. He's just wanting to know, do you get who I am? So they answer this question. They reply, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elisha. And still others, one of the prophets. But now he zooms in. And this is what I think he's trying to do with all of us in the life of Christ. He said, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Messiah. This happened in another place. He was speaking to 120 people, and he got really firm with his words. And one by one, people were walking away. And he looked over at Peter, and he said, Peter, you're not going to leave me too, are you? And Peter said, there's nowhere else to go. You're it. That's respect for his name. So when you think about his name, what does it mean to you? Many of you know I grew up in a very legalistic church, and that's to say the least. My Sunday school teacher hated me. She hated her class. She would always tell me I was going to hell and there was no way out of it. And I remember one time she was teaching on the Ten Commandments, and when she talked about taking God's name in vain, I just yelled out, Golly! And she came against me. She goes, do you realize what you just said? That's a form of God's name in vain. I was thinking if she could hear what my dad is saying at the house, she'd really be upset. But she just laid into me. You have no respect. It was a real struggle for me to serve God for years because I didn't understand how much he wanted me around his name. I thought he wanted me out. I never knew he wanted me in. So we must treat his name with deep respect. We were talking about cussing earlier. My son, Hunter, I've told the story so many times, but it's worth repeating. My son, Hunter, was homeschooled into the fifth grade. And we moved to Arkansas, and we decided to put him in the public school system and so over the summer, I realized, man, he's been homeschooled. 
Michelle doesn't cuss. He's going to hear cuss words. He doesn't know what they are. It's very complicated to explain it to a fifth grader what cuss words are. So I gave it a shot. He didn't get it. So all summer, I'm just trying to say, these are the words that you might hear. We don't bring these home. It's a big mistake, okay? I'm giving you a big mistake. So Hunter, he, he now has this depth chart on cuss words. So he goes to school, and a month later, I said, Hunter, have you heard any cussing? He goes, no, Dad, not a word. Another month, Hunter, have you heard any cussing? No, Dad, not a word. Three months, Hunter, have you heard any cussing? No, Dad, the only cussing I've ever heard in my life was you all summer trying to teach me cuss words. That's it. It's like, so I started praying that kids would cuss around him so I wouldn't be the only one. <laughs> and then I think I even heard Michelle cuss. Okay, maybe not. But when you think about this, so I want to bring just the, the seriousness of, of how a devout Jew would respect his name. When a devout Jew would pronounce the name of God, uh, they would actually omit, when they would read through the Old Testament, they would omit the name. When they would get to it, they would just say nothing or replace it with the word Adonai. Except for one day of the year in the most holy place, the Holy of Holies, on the holiest day of the year, young Kippur, with the holiest person in the world, the high priest. And on that day, they would speak his name, but only then. And then when they would write the word, they would write the Bible word for word. But when they would get to his name, they would take that pen and put it down and get a brand new form of ink and then write the name of God and then go and file that pen to never use it again. Why? Out of respect for his name. It's the name above every other name. So when we say things like, well, I didn't mean anything by it, that's exactly the point. You didn't mean anything by it. It's like going to church and just singing, yeah, name is above every other name, and we're just very casual and flippantly saying it. I remember one time my daughter, she said, Dad, listen to this song, and it was a secular song, and she turned it on, and I couldn't believe the lyrics. They were way off track. And she said, Dad, I don't listen to the words. They mean nothing to me. Well, I think this is what happens sometimes in our relationship with the Lord, like the word, worship. It means nothing to us. We're just immune to it. And I think the Lord is saying, no, I want you to take out your heart and make me important. Who's the most important person you have ever met in your life? I've met the president one time, uh, many years ago, and I almost forgot my name when I met him. When I met Dr. Billy Graham, he asked me, what is your name? And I almost forgot my name. Another guy named Dr. Bill Bright, he asked me, I could not remember my name. 
I brought some pastors on this trip to his living room. He was dying with pulmonary fibrosis and he wanted some pastors to come in. I invited uh, Bill Elif with us, Mark Dance, two pastors from Arkansas, and we're going around the table and talking. And he looked at me and he goes, what's your name? And I couldn't even remember my name. My name seemed so unimportant. I said, hey, I'm, 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 I'm from the South. <laughs> that was all I could think of. I'm, I'm from the South. I couldn't even remember Rick because I had so much honor for this man's name. Not only is his name, the name above every other name, I think we will understand the importance that he is everything to us. And if we could have that revelation now, that's why he said, you pray that my will will be done on earth like it is in heaven. We'll get it in heaven, but let's get it on earth. All I'm really trying to say is that we don't impulsively just throw his name around. Do you know that you can be worshiping God and still taking his name in vain? Like not having the respect for it? This is why Isaiah says, these people worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So when Jesus is saying, hey, who do you say that I am? He's not even looking for a, a right answer. He's, he's looking for your heart. Like, are you connected to me? Psalms 29.2 says, Give to the Lord the glory due his name. And Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So right now, if you don't mind, I want to ask you just to bow your head. And um, I want to remind you that the scripture in Philippians, it says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name. Some of you are in financial despair. His name is above that. I just went through COVID. Some of you might be dealing with a sickness. His name is above that. It's above an election year. It's above divorce. It's above discouragement. It's above cancer. It's, it's above any pain you can experience. And that at that name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Um, earlier today, I called a friend of mine, Brandon Chatswell, and I said, listen, I want us to close out by singing about his name. And so right there, if you want to open your eyes, you can. If you want to just sit there, however you want to participate in this. But this is an old hymn. We've been singing this in the church for years and years. And I think it's powerful. It says, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name, Master, Savior, like the fragrance after the rain. And I just want you to participate in honor and respect to the name above every other name. Let's worship together.
about you guys, but I love that song because it's just making that declaration about who Christ is. And us talking today about just the reverence of Christ, I think it's a huge reminder for all of us. And I don't know about you, but I enjoyed that message big time. And today, if you made a decision to follow Christ, congratulations. Listen, you made one of the best decisions of your life, and we would love to celebrate with you. If you'll just text NEXT to this number right now, one of our team members will follow up with you and we would love to help you as you start this new journey following Christ. So today we're gonna take our tithes and offerings, but before we do that, I just wanna say thank you so much for your giving to New Life Church. Because of your generosity, we are able to reach people all over the state of Arkansas. We have locations 
in different cities around the state. And I'm actually standing in the downtown location right now. And because of your faithfulness, we're able to reach people at all these different places. So we want to say thank you for that. Listen, today, we're also going to pray for another church, and that's the Grove Church, Pastor Charlie Lofton up in Northwest Arkansas. We're going to pray for them today, and I also want to pray a prayer blessing over you right now. So God, I just thank you for the Grove Church. God, Pastor Charlie up there in Northwest Arkansas. God, I pray that you would be with them today, God. Uh, be with their congregation, God, as they're navigating through these crazy times. And I also just want to pray a prayer of blessing over everybody that's watching today. God, may we keep your name reverent, Lord. May we align things to you, Lord. And I just pray as we do that, Lord, that you would bless our endeavors, God. You would surround our families, Lord. I just pray today just a hedge of protection, God, over our families. God, just health in the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you for the life of Christ that we've been in um, these last weeks, Lord, as we're growing in you and diving into your word even deeper. We just pray that you continue that in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, thank you for being on today. Life of Christ, if you're not a part of the journey yet, you can join it right now. You'll see the number right underneath here. Just text Jesus to that number and literally tomorrow morning, you will get a devotional at 6 a.m. Join along. It's been great. We're growing like crazy, but we'll see you next week right here at 930. God bless.